Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. We hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Well, hey, good morning, everybody. You picked a great day to come to church as we're finishing our marriage collection. Uh, it is our twins' first birthday. Ah, so this is a big family day. My name is Matt Shaw, if you don't know me. Thank you for being our guest today. We got a box uh, for you called the Welcome Box afterwards. You picked an awesome Sunday to be here. Um, but uh, my lovely wife is right over there, and she's got one of the, one of the two. Uh, but because it's their first birthday, I brought a few photos, okay? So I'm going to be a proud dad for just a few minutes. Uh, so here's, here's Juliana. We call her Jules. That's her, that's her nickname. Uh, we, anything with a G, uh, that's, there's Mavi. Yeah, so that's Maverick. So I love, I love that. I got, I got my one out of four blue eyes, you know. So they, they say that's the odds, and it happened, and there they are together. And so I, I just, I think I got, do I have one more? How many of these, how many of these we got, Emily? I mean, okay, there we go. There's the money shot right there. And so I am a proud, I'm a proud dad year. Uh, we, we took them to Disney uh, this last week to celebrate their birthday, which was a mistake. Um, and, and so, no, I'm kidding. We had a great time. Uh, nothing like celebrating the most exhausting year of our lives by going to Disney and getting more exhausted. We're just glutton for punishment uh, as mom and dad here. But uh, anyway, uh, it's been a beautiful year with them. Uh, you know, we, it was funny. We were just like, are we done? Are we not? And then, boom, we got, got the last surprise of 2020, those two right there. And so, anyway, hey, would you do me a favor real quick? I kind of felt led to do this as I was worshiping. And so I thought, well, Holy Spirit, maybe you got something to do this. Uh, they're right over here. Would you just stretch your hands out to them really quick? And, uh, yeah, come, you can bring them up here really quick. I, while I was worshiping, I was like, you know what? Let's just pray for them. Like, I know we don't get to do this all the time for everybody, but I just thought, man, it's their birthday. It lands on a Sunday. We're in worship. I felt God, and I just thought, man, you know, God's got something for these guys, like he does for everyone and every child, but we get to have a moment here real quick. We just stretch your hands for them really quick. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless Maverick and Juliana. Lord, I just sense they do have that call on their life. Lord, you want to use them. You want to bless them. You want to send them into a world that needs your love. And so even from a young age, Lord, may, may your voice be present in their life. May your love surround them. May you wrap them in your loving arms. And Lord, help Alyssa and I to do our best job to be, to be God-fearing and God-loving parents to them. In Jesus' name, we celebrate them today. Amen and amen. All right. Thank you for that. I love it. So I know the chunk is so, I love that six months to two years is so fun. When they're so chunky before they start moving, it's just, it's the, it's the greatest. It's absolutely Absolutely the greatest. All right. Uh, back to marriage. Here we go. Uh, who, who likes M&Ms in here? Anybody just love M&Ms? Okay, I got an M&M lover. That, oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. I, I don't know if I can get. There we go. That was a little bit better. Okay. <clears throat> who, who else loves M&Ms? Any M&M lovers in the house? Here we go. I'm, I'm going to try. I, I, I'll try to get one. I, I, okay. Who else? Who else? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just, I'm going to get sued over this. This is a bad idea. Gonna nail somebody in the head. Who likes peanut M&Ms? You were waiting for the peanuts to come out. There we go. Okay, we got a peanut M&M here. I, I got a, I got a few more peanut M&Ms. Peanut M&Ms all the way up in the back. In Jesus' name. Oh, stolen! He does play football, so I'll try one more. Oh, okay. Sorry. I maybe maybe later. Okay. So, um, so I I was thinking about you got oh you got one. Somebody shared. Okay. God bless them. Okay. Good. 
God, God, they got convicted after worship, and, and they're like, okay. Um, how many of you know, I lost one. I, anytime I lose stuff, my team's like, who's going to pick that up, Pastor? You know, like, that's what they're thinking. Uh, how many of you know that marriage is a little bit uh, like M&M's? Uh, it's, it's soft and sweet and wonderful, uh, but it can be a little hard and crunchy sometimes, right? Like, like it's got sometimes a, a hard exterior, and, uh, but it's soft in the middle. There's, there's some softness to it, but there's, there's some hard moments to it. Uh, and, and some marriages, man, they're like peanut M&Ms, man. It's hard on the outside and the inside, and you got to have a little extra grace to work on your spouse and yourself, and it, it's, a little, it's a little more challenging. Um, today, I want to talk a little bit about what do we do in those more challenging, difficult times of, of our marriages when it, when it doesn't quite feel as sweet and soft as it should or usual, but now we're in a bit of a, a hard, crunchy season of marriage. Uh, this hit my wife and I year eight and year nine. And if you've been married, if you're, if, first of all, if you've been married for under a year, God bless you. You're cute. We love you. We celebrate you. Talk to you in a couple of years, okay? So today, if you've been married for maybe, you know, four or five years beyond, this is, this is going to kind of probably go right up your alley. Um, year eight, year nine for us was hard. The, the initial uh, passion and romance that got us to this place had, had at that point faded. We were shifting gears in a new season. There. And they actually tell you, psychologists tell you that some of the hardest years for marriages is year seven, eight, and nine, or maybe even year 10, because all that initial thrust is gone psychologically, and now you've got to re-find yourself. In fact, they tell you that a human being every seven years almost turns into a new human being. And so for both my wife and I, we found ourselves married to a different person, right? We had both changed so much, and all that initial thrust that was there had changed, and we found ourselves in kind of a foreign, foreign land a little bit emotionally, right? And so what, what do you do when everything that got you to that point is no longer there, where do we go from here? And for a season in our marriage, and well, I can tell you there was no affairs in our marriage, and we never argued and used the divorce word, which is the, that's the bad word in marriage, that's the D word. I mean, that's the one we don't want to use when we fight. All couples fight, but when you fight, you want to try to fight fair and not below the belt, amen. And, and so we, we were in a season where we had to do marriage by faith and not by feeling. And so if you're in here this morning and you're doing marriage by faith and not by feeling today is for you, and I want to talk to you, and there is hope, and there is a future, and God has an expected end. Amen. Let's go, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 5. What do we do in a challenging season of marriage. And if you're single today, thank you for being here. Thank you for letting us invest in marriages the last few weeks. I know, you know, it's a little different, uh, but thank you. We've gotten a lot of good feedback, and thank you for the sacrifice. And man, if you want to be married, take some notes, because this will apply to you one day. But the first thing, what do we do when we're in a challenging season? I needed to be reminded that there is a mission for my marriage. There is a mission for my marriage. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 5. I would like to start reading at verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husbands, the head of the wife is Christ, is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, also wives submit to their husbands and everything. All the husbands said, amen. No, come on. No, no one laughs at my marriage jokes, Matt. I know it is dangerous territory. No one wants to touch it, right? 
Verse 25, here we go. Husbands, love your wives. Now all the wives can say amen, right? Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies, for he who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. We are members of his body. The church isn't just an organization. It's an organism, right? We're a living, breathing body. We're, we're alive. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. Our marriage as believers is a mirror of Christ's relationship to the church. There is a, there is a mission to our marriage. The people in our village, in our community, our friends, our family need to look at my marriage and they ought to wonder if there's something about this man named Jesus. My marriage is not just about my feelings. My marriage has a mission. And that mission is to preach Jesus to a world that needs Jesus and love and life and newness. And they ought to be able to look at our marriages and see something intriguing about the way that we love, serve, respect, honor, care, and sacrifice for one another. And they ought to leave with a sense of, man, there's something to this man named Jesus because look at how they've built this marriage. Marriage is hard. I, and I, I know, you know, listen, all romantic comedies end where marriage begins. There's a reason for that, that all love songs end right where marriage begins. There's, there's a reason for that. But as we do this according to the Bible and according to Christ, we ought to intrigue people and show people there's something to this man named Jesus. There is a mission for my marriage. Our marriage is preaching. Your marriage right now is preaching a message. It may not be God's message, but it's preaching. All marriages are preaching. I love this quote by Rolf Waldo Emerson. Your actions speak so loudly I cannot hear what you are saying. Your, your marriage is preaching a message. In the challenging times for me, I need to be reminded that my marriage has a mission. Why? Because emotions will be up and down. They will come and go. You could have a, a good week, a bad week, a good month, a bad month. But a mission will anchor you. In fact, in church leadership culture, we, we talk about this a lot. Change the method, don't change the mission. Right? The mission is make disciples of all nations, right? Baptize them, they follow the Son of the Spirit, you know, teach them to obey everything. That's the mission. It's been the mission for 2,000 years. Don't mess with the mission. Change the method of your marriage, but don't change the mission. Your marriage is to glorify Jesus and mirror Christ's love for the church. And anytime I, I really get in my flesh or I get in my feelings, I ask myself a fundamental question, am I loving Alyssa the way Jesus is loving the church? And the answer to that typically nine out of ten times is no. And so I come back to the Bible and I begin to love my wife like Christ loves the church. Wow. I feel like I can do an altar call right now and we'll close it, close it at that. Emotions are going to come and go, but a mission is directional. It's an, it's an anchor. It's a, it's a centerpiece. It's a keystone. It's something that I hold on to. I think the greatest message, if you're married here today, please listen to this and listen to my heart. The greatest message I can preach to my children is to stay married to their mom. Yeah. 
That's the greatest message. And if you're here this morning and you've had some broken relationships, there's, there's no condemnation whatsoever, you know. We're all growing. We're all loving. We're all learning. You know, but I think one of the greatest things I can give my kids is to just love their mom. This morning, if you've got kids in here, one of the greatest things you can do is love your spouse. It preaches. And to all my married couples, one of the greatest things you can do for the people around you is love your spouse well. It's intriguing. It preaches. It's, a, it's, it's missional. It's, it's, it's amazing. It, it's something where people in the world are like, this is done completely different. What is this about? It's a platform for us this morning. I think Alyssa and I talk about this a lot, you know. Um, we think one of the greatest things we could ever give this church is just stay married. Just say amen to that because that's true. I think one of the greatest things in the modern era we could ever give our church is just stay married and stay in love. And we are not perfect people, but by God's grace, we've been able to gel and stay together. And I'm, and I'm grateful to share that testimony. I really am because I'm like, in, in our world today, I'm like, the greatest thing we can just give this church is an honest marriage. It's not perfect, but can we give an honest marriage? The older our church gets, I think the more that'll, that'll mean to all of us. And Number two, there is a marathon hidden in your marriage. What do you do when marriage gets hard and it's crunchy and there's a peanut on the inside and it was sweet and now it's tough? I need to be reminded there is a marathon hidden in my marriage. Fairy tales sum up 40 years of marriage with happily ever after. As if the hard work was finding someone and falling in love. Y'all, that's the easy thing to do. That's easy because you're like, yo, they're attractive. I like them. Their jokes are semi-funny. Let's get married. Right? Like, like the easy thing to do is fall in love, and then we sum up 30, 40 years with happily ever after as if we never had to do the dishes when we were tired, as if all the laundry would forever stay done, as if we wouldn't bring crazy kids into this world, you know, that test you in every single way. I, lo- I love my son, man. He is four. I, I, here's the thing. My daughter, she, she cannot lie. Her conscience is so sweet and so pure. I love, I, I just love it. My son will lie to you with a smile in his face. Like, he will play you so well. I went, I went back yesterday. I go, I really can't tell if he's lying to me or not. He's doing such a good job. At four. Like, at four, my daughter, if you ask her, and she's like, uh, 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 you could just tell. Like, she wears every thing on her. And my son, it was, I'm like, it's just with a smile, Alyssa. Like, that's, he's too young. Like, he's doing what you're supposed to do at 14, not four. Like, how? Happily ever after my marriage is a marathon. Like, all races, some of it is downhill and easy, and some of it is uphill and exhausting. It's just an uphill climb right now. It's a marathon. There's a marathon hidden in that little happily ever after phrase. Look at Galatians 6, 9. I love this. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. This is fascinating to me. Even in doing something good, I can grow weary. Oh, no, y'all didn't hear me. Even in doing something good, like going to church, I can get weary. Even in loving on people, I can get weary. Even doing my job, I can get weary. The, the Greek word weary, okay, is ekakeo, and it literally means to get spiritless. I no longer care in my soul. I get exhausted. My soul is tired. 
I'm choosing kind words when my spouse is petty, but they still don't care. My soul is getting tired, Pastor. Right? Like, like I'm, I'm being servant-minded, and they're still being selfish. My soul is getting tired. I, I'm praying for them to finally follow Jesus, and, and, and they keep living crazy. My soul is getting tired. It's getting ekakeo, right? It's, it's, it's I'm weary. I, I'm, we're emotionally distant, and I want to read books and get counseling, but he doesn't care. My soul is tired. It's tired, even in doing something good. Marriage is a good thing. It really is. God created it. It's a good thing. But even in a good thing, I can get tired. I can get tired. It's in these uphill seasons, if we don't break up, we can often have a breakthrough. If we don't break up, we can have a breakthrough. Pace yourself. Breathe. It's okay. Some of you need to hear me say this this morning. It's okay if your marriage isn't perfect. Perfect doesn't exist anyway. We all know this by now. Instagram is a lie. It's a lie. That couple could have had the worst fight of the year. The next day, Valentine's Day, I love my spouse. Look at the flowers. are perfect. Lies. Like, we all lie on social media, which is fine. I get it. We all show our highlight reel. It's fine. What's not okay is you comparing your lows to someone else's highlights. It's unfair for your marriage. You've got your journey. No one can love your spouse the way you do. It's special. The the greatest way to kill something special is to compare it to something else. And we all just scroll through like, well, look what he did for her. You don't do nothing for me. Well, look, you know, I mean, it's just like we just can, we kill what's special in our lives with comparison. And, and I, I think, and social media is still kind of new and it's still taking a psychological effect on all of us, but we are in a comparing generation. In fact, next week I'm preaching on jealousy and contentment. And y'all going to love it, so come back next week because it's needed for us. No generation has ever had to filter through 3,000 different opinions. I've never had to see 3,000 marriages before. I used to look around in my village and be like, well, I'm better than the four marriages here. We good. Like, it was encouraging. You know, now I'm like, I got 30,000 people I got to look at, and I'm nowhere near where I want to be in life. If you leave an M&M in your mouth, the longer it stays, the softer it gets. If you don't break up, you can often have a breakthrough. There's something about marriage that gets a little softer and a little sweeter every year. It changes. It shifts. It's not what it was before, but it can grow into something more beautiful. I'll never forget my, my grandmother. At the end of my life, my grandfather fought throat cancer. It kind of came back, and they had other problems with it, and he was really never the same again, and he had different health problems from, from the cancer. And so at the end of his life, as he's dying, particularly the last three, four years were really hard. They were really hard, and my grandmother was his primary caregiver. And one time I was back from, from you know, traveling, and, and I was visiting them, and he's, he's on his bed. At this point, he's totally bedridden. She has to, to feed him all of his food. I don't want to get graphic, but she has to change all of his clothing. She has to change all the bedding. She's completely taking care of him. So my wife and I, were in our young 20s. Man, we got energy. We got life. Like, we're, we're just having fun. And, and we went and visited them. We spent probably half a day with them. And toward the end of that time, my grandmother looked at us and she said, love in the end is better. 
It's different, but it's better. I never forget that the rest of my life. Here she is caring for a man that can give nothing back to her. And she's caring for him because marriage grew sweet for them. There's something beautiful there. If I don't break up, I can have a breakthrough. If you're in here this morning, you're like, we're emotionally distant, Pastor. We're hurting. I don't know how to get there. Here's, how you, here's, here's one way not to get there. Give up. Hang in. If you're both willing to submit to the Holy Spirit, God's not done with us. Amen? He's, he's working. What we don't break up on, we can break through. My final point this morning, there's more for your marriage. There's more for your marriage. There's a mission to your marriage. Remind yourself. It helps you get out of your feelings. There, there's, there's mission. There's something to really dig for in marriage, right? There's, there's a marathon to marriage. It's okay to breathe and walk. And there is more for your marriage. What if heaven wanted to do something in you and through you in your marriage that you just didn't see coming? Check this out. God used a lot of different marriages in the Bible. I love this. The promise of a son wasn't just to Abraham. It was also to Sarah. Isn't that kind of cool? God promised Sarah, and he also promised Abraham. The promise existed in the union of their marriage. And God used their marriage to bring about a, a nation. God used Xerxes and Esther to save a generation. He used Joseph and Mary to raise Jesus. He used Peter and his wife to spread the good news to the ancient world. He used Priscilla and Aquila, a married couple in the New Testament, to open up homes so believers could go to their home and worship. And this new thing called the church was being born all throughout the, the Roman world. In all these cases, the married couples didn't see what God had in mind coming. Don't you love that? Abraham and Sarah were chilling in Ur. They just thought they were never going to have kids. And God comes along and says, come follow me. Joseph was like, I'm going to marry my village sweetheart, and I'm going to build tables for a living. And God's like, actually, I'm going to call you to raise my son, right? Priscilla and Achilles were running a small business in Rome, right? The, the Caesar comes along, kicks all the, the people out, all the Jewish people out, and they have to find themselves in the Greek city of Corinth. And there they meet a man named Paul, and their lives are forever transformed. And they said, man, you know what? Instead of just running a business, let's open up our home and launch a church. I love that boldness because we did that. We planted a church. So they just, boom, they go, let's, let's launch a church. And, man, they just gave it all they had. They're, they're mentioned a number of times in the New Testament. Could it be that heaven wants to do something in you and through your marriage you didn't see coming? You don't know when God's going to move and the chaos will become the calm. Come on, right? That discord will become contentment. Right? Like that frustration will become peace. Or maybe he asked you to do something you never thought he'd ever ask you to do, and he calls both of you. See, some of you right now are like, oh, God, please don't call me and my spouse. Right? Like, could you imagine if Alyssa and I couldn't get along? Oh, my God, we live together. We work together. We raise kids together. Working with your spouse sounds just like what it is. It's working. It's working with your spouse. Like, there's no escape, right? Like, you got to figure it out, right? Like, and, and the thing is, I can't afford my wife, right? So I got to pay her in doing the dishes, right? Like, it's like, yo, like, what do you want? Like, I, I, I need you to do this website thing because I, I can't do it. So I need you, you know, together, man, called, called together. What if heaven wanted to do something in and through you that you didn't see, see coming? So if you're tired this morning, if you're a little ekakeo, right, if you're a little weary, it's a little hard, here's what you're not going to do is I close down. This morning, marriages, please hear me, we're not going to quit. We're not going to quit. We're not going to compare. 
and we're not going to stay stuck. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Okay? We're not going to stay stuck. You don't have to stay stuck. I feel like that's a trick of the enemy. It's, it's been happening for three weeks, and the enemy's like, well, it's going to happen for 30 years. No, it's not. Who, who said that? Why, why do you got to believe that? Why, why can't we make a shift or, or a change? Why does it have to stay, stay that way? Here's what we are going to do. First, we are going to begin to pray for our spouse. We're going to pray for our spouse. And not, Jesus, make them this way just the way I want them. How many of you know prayer is not me aligning God to my will, it's me aligning me to his will? Don't go to God with all your complaints with your spouse. Yes, you're talking to your father, but you're also talking to your father-in-law. Jesus, give me your heart for my wife, my spouse. Jesus, help me see them the way you see them. Marriage is your idea. Number two, here's what we are going to do. We're going to start reading the word of God together. Husbands, lead the way in this. I know we don't like to read. I know we don't like to read marriage books. We don't like to watch rom-coms. Lead the way in this. Be a man. Lead your home. Be the priest of your household. You got everything you need to do this because God equips those he calls. You may not feel like you can do it. You can because God has ordered it up. You can do this. Open his word. It is life. It's powerful. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. It will change you, your mind, and your wife's emotions and mind and mentality. It will change us. Every time we open the word with faith, it reads us and it works on us. Lead the way. Let's read the word together. If you can't read together, listen to it together. My wife and I are in a season of life where every night we are exhausted. Five o'clock to nine o'clock is warfare in our house. Bath, bedtime, it's just homework, screaming. It's crazy. It's literally crazy. You'll text me at six o'clock. I won't get back to you until the next day. Now you know why. It's madness. I got two babies in my arms all times, right? Boogers and poop. It's just crazy. So sometimes we just listen to the word as we go to bed. We still want it inside of us. Number three, last thing we're going to do, we're going to reach out for help if we need it. You have a beautiful community around you. Just look around. These are God's people. These are good people. Reach out to help if you need it. Phone a friend. You do not have to do marriage alone. And there should be no shame in this. I think so often we get ashamed that we're having problems that we don't want anyone else in our life because we're like, oh, I'm, I'm ashamed. I need help, but I don't want to reach out for it because then they, then they won't think I'm perfect. Everybody already knows you're not perfect. I mean, just everybody knows. We all know we're all dealing with this thing called life. It was perfect. Then you had a kid, and now you're like, oh, what do we do? Now it's chaos. Like, everybody gets it. Everybody gets it. If you're married for more than a couple years, you get it. You just get it. You know it's a, it's a journey. Reach out for help. It's hard to heal yourself. It's very hard to heal yourself. I, recently, I pulled my back out. I was putting Juliana in a crib, and it just was the right angle, and it pinged a, a little disc. And you know what I had to do? I had to go in for some therapy. I had to go to the chiropractor. Why? Because I couldn't heal myself. I had to submit myself to a process and let someone else in my life tell me, actually, here's what's wrong. Let's adjust this. Let's fix this. Let's stretch that. Let's crack that, and we'll get you back on. And now I feel great a few weeks later. Married couples, don't fight this thing alone. I think the enemy loves to push us in a corner where we feel like we're all by ourselves and isolate us and just make it miserable. It doesn't have to be like that way. You have a beautiful community around you. Uh, call Alyssa and I. 
Text us in the morning, okay? Not at night. You know, we'll, we'll listen. We don't have all the answers, but we've got a few. But we'll, we'll, we'll listen. We won't judge you. Uh, maybe consider marriage counseling. There's great places. This weekend, we got a marriage brunch coming up. S- sign up for that. There, there is help. I, you know, I, I can't. Going to church doesn't, doesn't mean that's 100% you're going to make it, and I can't solve all your problems, but at least you have ears to listen, people to pray with, hands to hold, hugs to give. You've got a community around you. That's what the church is. Amen? Amen. Let me, let me pray. Hope you enjoy it today. Heavenly Father, marriage is your idea. There's a lot of beauty to it, uh, but there's some battles to it. There's a, there's a lot of sweetness to it, but there's some hurts to it. So, Father, I pray today you'd pour out your Holy Spirit on all of the marriages in this house. God, that you would heal us, you'd give us a fresh wind, that we wouldn't grow tired in doing the right thing. Lord, that you would help us overcome our sins so we could be Jesus to our spouse. In your amazing name we pray, amen and amen. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, share with a few friends. Thanks for helping us make Jesus famous right here in South Florida. Again, if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love to see you sometime. Or as always, visit us online, citylift.church. Have an amazing week.